Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. Kelsey, what are we talking about on this episode of our podcast? Today, we are talking about musical artist, singer-songwriter, occasional actress, (laughs) Paloma Faith. Paloma Faith. Yes. The human being that answers the question, what if you took Amy Winehouse and... Adele and Florence and the Machine and put him into a big old pot and stirred it all up into a big old musical gumbo. That's a pretty accurate description. Thank you. I, I put a lot of thought into it. Like, I think that's a really accurate sum- summation of who Paloma Faith is. Do you want to give musically. some more background on who she is? Yes, I will. So, <laughs> Paloma Faith is a British singer and songwriter. Um, she, uh, she's She's released four full-length albums, and we'll talk about those later. Um, she sort of started in music um, in clubs, um, mimicking the like vocal styles of uh, like jazz legends, like Billie Holiday <laughs> and uh, Etta James. Um, I'm only laughing because if you've heard her sing for even a second, yeah, you, that goes without saying. Yeah, you can. That, that's clear in her. It's her very style. clear. Um, uh, she has a background in contemporary dance and also studied uh, directing for theater, um, which makes sense if you've looked at her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, she very much has a persona, I think. Um, she had initially uh, been asked to join Amy, Amy Winehouse's band, but uh, turned down that offer to pursue like writing her own music and pursuing her own music. Uh, perhaps in the grimmest way imaginable, a solid career choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sad, sad to say that may have been the, the mm. correct choice. Yeah. So that's just a, you know, brief, brief background on her. She's, I think, I, I you know, I, she's not like a celebrity that I have followed, but I really, really enjoy her music. So I just wanted to introduce it to Jason. And um, so I made a playlist. Mm-hmm. She, she performs um, before we get into the playlist, which yes, is, of course, sure. the, whenever we do a musical episode, we create a playlist for each other, sort of mm-hmm. mixed tape. A mixed you shape, might say. as it were. Um, and, then, and, and as with, um, I don't know, would you say this mix could burn a hole in anyone? Honestly, yes. <laughs> Who were you thinking of when you made it? Was it me? Was it me you were thinking was it, of? Was it me? Was it you? Possibly. I don't know. Was it me? I don't know. It's, it's, this, <laughs> this is a callback to an episode. I know. You, 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 this is your episode. I know. It was you I was thinking of, Jason. Okay, thank you. That's all I wanted is for you to say the Andrew <laughs> I ex- McMahon thing. I explicitly made it for you. Okay, thank you. It um, yeah. sound this mix. As, <laughs> damn right. Damn straight. <laughs> I'll, I'll say just from a brief overview of her performance on the chart, she doesn't chart that high. She's not a big pop presence, I don't think, in the UK. I mean, she does okay in the UK, but she's definitely not international. She does, like, you know, she does, like... Like, I think she's more, like, no... You could say Paloma Faith in the UK, and people would know. Whereas, like, we've said her name to several people tonight, and they don't know who she is. Right, yeah. <laughs> she would be a, a, a known artist, not a big-name pop star yeah. in the UK, but a known performer. Yeah. Like, you know, her, her singles, you know, she gets up to, like, you know, 17 on the overall UK pop charts. Yeah. She's in the top 40 pretty, pretty often, not yeah. consistently, but... She's, she's you know, not she, hitting number one. She's out time. there, yeah. and she's featured on other, other like other artists' songs, and mm-hmm. she has a, her profile. Is she's a, people know about her. Yeah, in the UK especially. Yeah, less so here. But. Yes, but yes. So Kelsey, this this playlist yes. you made for me. I made you, you a playlist. Would you like to go into the, you know, the, your your ideas behind it? What you wanted yes. to communicate about her career through mm-hmm. these twelve songs? Yes. Yeah, so the playlist is twelve songs long. As I mentioned before, she has four full length albums. 
Um, and I kind of wanted to give you a sampling of each of those albums um, based on kind of the songs that I first that I first heard from her and um, then sort of like how she's I want to show some evolution because I do think there has been some evolution. Um, she's a, she's a very eclectic musical style to begin with, I think. So it's kind of hard to totally pin that down. But I tried to pick songs that um, sh- showed that as well as songs that I personally like. Do you want to go through this basically album by album? I, I, and we'll sort of I discuss think I would like to do in that, yes. chunk, sort of in chunks the songs you picked from those albums mm-hmm. and what you wanted to communicate that's, about that's her music. That's what I was thinking. Great. Yes. We're on the same page. Yay. Same. Same. So her first album released in mm-hmm. 2009 was called Do You Want the Truth or Something Beautiful? Mm-hmm. A, a, very, a very first album title. Yes. A very um, high school notebook. Yeah. Title. It's also there's a song on the album called that, right? Um, and the three songs, the three songs you picked <laughs> from the album, in fact, yeah. were the song "Stone Cold Sober," mm-hmm. "Upside Down," mm-hmm. and "Play On." Yes. Um, and so "Stone Cold Sober," I'm fairly sure was the first song I heard by her, um, because I just have a a, a kind of memory of, of hearing it and being like, I need to know more. <laughs> Um, and then I think Upside Down was after that, and I kind of, like, equate those two. They're, they're pretty different. I mean, they're not that different, but they're, like, they're both upbeat, but they sort of have a different, like, musical tone. Mm-hmm. Um, Stone Cold Sober is almost, it's very bluesy. Yeah. It's this, this album, or at least the samples you played for me from this album, mm-hmm. sort of are very eclectic, mm-hmm. as you said. They, mm-hmm. uh, each song kind of takes on a different, distinct musical style. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a pastiche vibe I get from this first album. I totally agree with that. Because the first song is, you know, like I said, a little bit bluesy, a little bit more uh, R&B maybe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and whereas the more, more soulful. Mm-hmm. The second one is a full-on swing number, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got that thing where you can imagine like the background singer is like playing trombone and then yeah. like stopping to sing the backup melodies. Yeah. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know how you would define play on, but it's a little bit more... It's in still in that same sort of jazz, sort of almost like a mm-hmm. torch song mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, and her, we should probably talk about her voice because her voice yeah. is the thing that really immediately leaps out at you. Mm-hmm. And it's a very powerful voice. It's not the same. I compared her to, you know, she maybe doesn't have the same like you know fullness or sort of like intense belting abilities. As not like abilities, as, but as it's the, like sound as, as like Adele. as Adele or yeah. maybe Amy, Amy Amy Winehouse. Yeah, it's more. It's a very distinctly position within that jazz singer yeah. sound she's very like mezzo soprano jazz style she's kind of a uh husky is that right <laughs> yeah it is it is i, I don't i don't know the, te- the technical terms about this enough to really get into it like, yeah specifically but she if you heard her she would not sound out of place in, in a 1930s jazz song yeah and it's i a, think that it's a was... very like hey there come on Come on over, and you know, and I think her initial some, some jazz like it's that kind of voice. And I think her initial like marketing and image was very much like sort of played to that sort of like almost like vintagey rockabilly like sort of look. <laughs> yeah, um, was very much how her initial image was, and I think she sort of played with that a little bit as she has grown. Um, one thing this is dumb, but ha- <laughs> that I really appreciate is that she basically has a her own font, like her her name on all of her album covers is in the same font. And I really appreciate the consistency there. <laughs> um, you always love artistic consistency like that. Like, yeah. like Jack White's whole thing when he was making the white stripes album where every album was black 
or and red. Yeah. And now, or I guess it was white and red. Yeah. White and red was more their thing back then. Yeah. And now his solo album it's all blue and black. Like I really appreciate and he dresses that, like that, that visual consistency. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Paloma Faith seems to not have sort of lost her way to the same degree as Jack White, but yeah. <laughs> that's for another episode. I'll um, say I'll say my first impression of the song Stone Cold Sober was mm-hmm. A, this is a very powerfully sort of like very like sort of boldly arranged song mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a song written and, and produced and performed by someone who really knows what they're going for yeah second thought it's hard for me to, to vibe with a song that's about celebrating being sober <laughs> i know that's not what the song is really about yeah it's, it's sort of it's it's, it's 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 a tell-off song to a man yeah or or a per, probably a man but most just any person yeah but any song that sort of is like the big sort of striking blow against the person you're telling off is how sober you are it's hard for me to get behind, especially a song that is so enthusiastic and like over the top and inebriated as this song is. Because <laughs> it does feel a little bit inebriated. It does. <laughs> and I think music should feel that way most yeah. of the time. Or I personally prefer that sort of sound. Yeah. So that was my first, that was my only sort of sour note about the entire playlist though. Yeah. And I got over it very quickly because it's a very well done song. It's yeah. very sort of energetic and I'll say with an eye towards her future work yeah. in this discussion. The the lyricism on this first album is not as strong as it will become. Yeah, I agree. Stone Cold Soper has some, some is a, you know, again, a good song overall. Yeah. There's a few lines that kind of are a little bit awkward. Yeah. Like there's the one about, um, uh, get out of my face, take a rocket into space. Yeah. <laughs> which is both g- funny, but yeah. also kind of, a little goofy yeah. in, in not a totally intentional way. Yeah. I think one of the things I, I also like kind of really appreciate and, and kind of wanted to show is that like, I feel like a lot of times you have, you find an artist that you like and they have a, a great first album and you love it and then it doesn't get better. Or like it, it either stays, you know, the same and there's no growth and no, you know, they just kind of do the same thing over and over again. Or it, it goes in a direction that you just are like, what is happening? I don't like this. This is not an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really think she has grown as a, a songwriter and an artist and a performer over her career so far. And I think that's um, that really shows in in the music. I wanted to show that, and I think you must have gotten that out of it. Right. I think you did a good job of communicating that. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to move on to the next album? Um. Yeah. I think I want to say that from Stone Cold Sober, I do feel like if that's your um take on that song, I feel like Upside Down is kind of the opposite of that, in that it like sort of celebrates being, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that, that's a song about embracing your your difference and yeah. sort of your unique view point of view on yeah. life. Again, these first these first three songs from the first album are, are good songs. Yeah. I, I'm sort of so focused on the sound of them because mm-hmm. the sound again is so fully realized, and mm-hmm. maybe the the song like the lyrics themselves are not as as yeah. on that level yet. Yeah. So it's hard for me to, or maybe just the the the, the song sound is so bracingly like openly a, a sort of throwback vibe yeah. that I can't really focus on much else yeah the songs like themselves have very um specific sounds that they're going for yeah and that's like it's not a whole necessarily a whole like thing as an album and they they, they nail it from yeah from what little i've heard she nails it every time it's just yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's it is um i'm struggling to think of another example but there is you know if you're so caught up in in that part of a song yeah. that part of the music sometimes the you know other aspects of it might not get the same attention yeah 
And again, that's not necessarily her fault. Maybe just the way I'm reacting to it. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. But I'll say as we move on further into her discography, I get mm-hmm. more and more enthusiastic about the songs themselves. Um, so let's move on. Yes, shall we? Um, so for this album, I the, her second album is called Fall to Grace. Released in 2012. Um, and this was out um, already when I sort of discovered her. So like I had two albums at once, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I... Um, I I trying to fully envelop myself in the first album first. Mm-hmm. Um, I I chose four songs from this album, which is the most from any album that I picked. Um, uh, uh, mostly or no, three songs from this album. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's four songs from the most recent one. I, <laughs> I was worried that, that I missed um, one. And I and I chose them, um, for kind of specific reasons. The the first one, picking up the pieces, is I think probably the lead single from the album um or like the one that i think got the most play Mm -hmm. and that and that like spotify is like this song from this album is the one you should listen to um and then beauty of the end is probably my favorite song from the album and then um uh never tear us apart is the only cover included in this playlist but i kind of wanted you to see what she can do with the cover and like appreciate that aspect of her performance because there is because her songs are so filled with feeling and and style like like they are stylistically something very specific and I wanted to sort of include a cover to be like okay this is her taking on someone else's music mm-hmm. um, and especially coming from that jazz singer tradition where so much of that style was based on reinterpreting other people's music or music that you just didn't write yourself yeah. And seeing her do that with a an excess song, yeah, uh, like "Never Tear Us Apart," which I think is a pretty heavily covered song, yeah, or at least they, it's a prominent song in yeah. people's minds. And seeing her to have her own take on it, it really does. It's very good. Yeah, it's a it's. A, I don't know how else to say it because I'm not too conversant with the NXS uh, oeuvre. Yeah, me either. But it's a it's a very good cover. Yeah, I will say the two original songs on the list from this play mm-hmm. this album, "Picking Up the Pieces" and "Beauty of the End," mm-hmm. are uh, peak Florence. As far as her, uh, you know, development <laughs> of the, goes, of the people she's uh, channeling here. Yes, but I, I will say I like these two songs more than I've ever liked any Florence and the Machine song. Interesting. Nas shot against Florence and the Machine. Yeah. Fine, fine group. Florence is her name. Florence. Her name is Florence, right? Her name is Florence Welch. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like a Hootie and the Blowfish sort of thing, where yeah. <laughs> where he's he's not Hootie. He's not Hootie. He's not, <laughs> <laughs> although really, he, he's Hootie. He's Hootie. He's Hootie. Darius Rucker is Hootie. <laughs> Darius, you're Hootie, man. You're Hootie. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. But but picking up the pieces, uh, again, great song. Reminded me of because my my experience of Florence and the Machine to take a just a very short sidebar is mostly uh, when I first heard "Dog Days Are Over," yeah, which is a song about someone who's experiencing a very sudden wave of like unexpected happiness and joy in her life. Um, I got mad. Can't relate. Okay, yeah, can't can't relate. <laughs> couldn't couldn't be me. I like Florence's second album better. Darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she has songs I like, but yeah. Pick Up the Pieces is a sort of, and I, I, I'm probably revealing my own ignorance by comparing her only to Florence and the Machine, which I'm sure there's other many more influences she was drawing mm-hmm. from in this album. But like Beauty of the End, mm-hmm. that sounds to me like a Florence and the Machine song, but it has, um, I, I can't think of a Florence and the Machine lyric that I like as much as I like the, the sort of the, 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 the sort of the, the, the climax of that chorus. Yeah. Was falling never hurts, but landing does, but landing does which is yeah. 
it's sort of thing that sounds kind of prosaic and maybe a little bit dumb when you say it, but or when he's singing, sung in the context of the song <laughs> really lands in a way that yeah. is is a triumph of of songwriting. Which again, she's developing as a songwriter. She's already come a long way, I feel like, from the first album, mm-hmm. but also singing and you know sort of arrangement and production that sort of helps that land because. Uh, and it was, it's really, I was especially surprised by that because personally, I always, I had this, I had this feeling a couple times in her music where, picking up the pieces, I kept expecting the, the the the, the tempo to change. And it doesn't. I thought I thought it goes hard the whole yeah, way. Yeah, it sort of is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same strength the whole way through. Yeah. And beauty of the end, I also I expected the, the title line to sort of slow down more than it did, mm-hmm. and that sort of threw me off a little bit because it's not. There's more. I feel like in this point, she's already picking up more. She's aiming more for like a pop style, mm-hmm. sort of more direct and more sort of explicitly, you know, pop friendly. Mm-hmm. But it's still not exactly what you would expect from a, you know, a pop music record. And yeah. that, that that sort of balance between the jazzy or uh, yeah, more retro, to, yeah. for lack of a better word, style and the sort of pop sensibility that she's developing yeah. is very strong in those two songs. And again, plays very well in Never Tear Us Apart, which she did not write, yeah. but fits very well into her, her 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 work yeah this is an album i think that um because i'll get to you after we talk about the next album like i kind of took a break from like a, a heavy her having her in my heavy rotation mm-hmm. kind of because she also took not took a break but like there's a four-year gap between this out al- the next album and the album after that right <laughs> um um and i recently after we because we were watching um the last leg and she was a guest on it and she performed uh, a new song of hers and i was like i went back and listened to kind of added her back into my rotation which is how we're here <laughs> um quick quick note just for me not for anyone else what yeah. song did she sing on the last leg your ex really which is on here oh yeah. wow okay yeah. oh. <laughs> um uh and i kind of put her back in into the rotation and i think i you know i think i didn't like this album as much when I first listened to it because it was so uh different and not as like sort of pastiche as the first album which is what I had gotten into mm-hmm. um and this one has really sort of um grown on me recently um and some of the songs from it I I really really enjoy and it's I think it's a lot sadder it's a much it's a much uh uh more of a downer a lot of the songs but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I kind of like recently got back into this one because it, you know, it didn't quite meet what I wanted um, back in 2012 when I was first <laughs> listening to her. But now it's like, oh no, I, I feel some of these things. <laughs> I get it. That that might be an interesting place for me to take a quick sidebar into into feelings town. Sidebar. Uh, that's that sort of pull let's, over. Let's have a let's have a sidebar. There's, there's an exit. Into... We're we're on the highway mm-hmm. and we're pulling off on the side of the, we're pulling off on an exit that marks feelings town. And my, this is a question I've asked before on these these sort of episodes. And Kelsey, my question is: What do you, what do you go for? What are you going for when you listen when you put on a Paloma Faith album? Like what 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 sort of depends you, on the album? <laughs> what it depends on the album? Yeah, right. Well, what, sort of in this case, maybe if it's yeah. if it's more if it's a better question, what what are you getting out of that emotionally? I think with this with this second album with Fall to Grace, especially now, I feel there's this very much like um. Uh, like a feeling of of ending but accepting that ending like um very much this this like this hurts but you're gonna be okay and I think that also runs through a lot of her other stuff but um and just like 
I don't know, maybe it's because I've been to so much therapy since the last time I, you know, since I first started listening to her music and that like I really feel like, I feel like I can feel her processing things through through the music she's writing. And it's, it's you know, not always positive and sometimes it, you know, needs to have more, you know, intense emotions and, and she needs to, you know, yell it out and stuff. But like, I think, you know, when you're looking at a song like Beauty of the End, um, there's a song on the that album also called Black and Blue, which is like, we, we all feel, you know, depressed basically sometimes. Um, uh, there's also a song that's called Just Be, which is kind of just about like being in someone's presence and, and, and uh, being just sort of being. <laughs> um, and I feel like that this album in particular is very much just like a place of, you know, sometimes things are hard, but like acceptance is, accept that and you'll, be okay um i think that's probably what i go to to this album okay. for um the first album i very much go to for like this is fun and i want to dance around <laughs> good time party music good time party music mm-hmm. yeah so i think fall, fall to grace especially is i i think there's there's a there's very much a like i don't know if she went through something and she <laughs> right. like was processing it but i i feel the sort of idea of like processing emotions in that album Okay. That's a good answer. Thanks. Shall we move forward? We shall. Into 2014. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a year. Mm-hmm. We all remember what... Um, I don't... Did anything happen in 2014? I think we met that year. That was a... We... Well, we technically... We, we crossed paths that year. We crossed paths, I think, <laughs> canonically in 2013. Ah. Uh, uh, we didn't meet officially until 2015, I don't think. That tracks. So 2014 was a very, like, personally, like, tumultuous year for me. Yeah. Uh, as was 2015. And 2016, now that I'm thinking about it. I remember what happened in 2014. I feel like that was a pretty shitty oh, year So for I feel like I have, I have very little understanding of what happened in the larger <laughs> world in, in that time. Uh, but, it, but one thing that did happen in March of 2014, you guessed it, Poem of Faith, new album, A Perfect Contradiction. A Perfect Contradiction. And you've picked just two songs from this album, Just Kelsey. two songs just from two, this album. Just two songs. This, I think this is one of my, you know, I'm still kind of getting back into this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was going through it, I had one more that I I kind of wanted to put on here, but I didn't. No, I put them both on here. Um, and that I don't, I don't love the songs on this as much, but I, I still kind of appreciate them i there was another one i wanted to put on them but i thought it was a lot like leave while i'm not looking so mm-hmm. i decided not to um uh and i think you know this is i think it definitely this, this album definitely like builds off of of the previous album but is not as you know it doesn't change her style as much as um the the architect which is the next album that comes out um, but this one, the song Leave While I'm Not Looking has been in my heavy rotation recently because I just like her voice in it, like throws me off every time in a good way. Um, she does that key change near the end and I'm just mm. like, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say the, the two songs you put in here, Trouble With My Baby, mm-hmm. uh, I could not get a good sense of i mean it feels like a very like, it feels like more of her first album really yeah i it was i believe it was the the first single released i'm not positive mm-hmm. and but i I, mm-hmm. I had a very strong reaction to trouble uh leave while i'm not looking mm-hmm. 
I think because it was written by Diane Warren. Yeah. Who is you you probably know is a big name pop songwriter who you know, weirdly she I don't I, it's hard for me to think of like what her most popular songs are. Mm-hmm. Uh to in my mind the thing I know think of her when I think of her first is uh, I think that she wrote she wrote the song that Aerosmith sang for Armageddon. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. Oh, Boomface should cover that. Um, right? <laughs> I just want her to cover everything. There's just a couple of things she she like wrote or co-wrote, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Oh. Great song, Because You Love Me. How Do I Live by Leanne Rimes. Yeah. Uh, Music of My Heart by Gloria Estefan and NSYNC, I guess. Uh, oh, she wrote the um, the Lady Gaga song from the from the Hunting Ground. What? Uh, Till it happens to you. Do you remember? Did you see her perform the Oscars that year? No. Twenty sixteen, maybe it was twenty seventeen. She actually performed it. She performed uh, the Hunting Ground is a movie about uh, sexual assault in the military, oh. and Lady Gaga performed a very uh, uh, blistering and like heart wrenching song called Till It Happens to You. Sounds right. And she performed at the at the Oscars and it was like a incredibly moving performance. And that movie is also like intense. I mean, you can tell from what it sounds like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a hell of a thing. Um, great, great movie. I totally highly recommend it. But so Diane Warren is, you know, sort of a big name pop songwriter. Yeah. And is like, sort of, is not a singer in her own right. Sort of has only existed as a songwriter for other people for many years. Mm-hmm. And leave on not looking is a, you know, she sometimes is a little bit, schmaltzy yeah. a little bit you know too like like she she sort of is the go-to for like movies that want to yeah. have a oscar nominated song for their closing credits and sometimes f- it works yeah sometimes like with the rbg documentary doesn't work quite so well <laughs> i feel like paloma faith sells schmaltzy really the, well this really works and, and her yeah. something about her voice makes it not a schmaltzy right because she has that like like smoky bar jazz singer voice yeah i think it cuts down on that a little bit so even though the song is pretty is pretty schmaltzy as a, as a yeah. lyrical idea she really sells it mm-hmm. but also doesn't oversell it and it's a really it's a good song yeah and it really we're and the, again that sort of you know you go to diane warren for that 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 key change that yeah. my heart will go on sort of thing key change. um I just remember like listening to this song and being like, I didn't expect that key change from her, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sorry. Diane Warren did not write My Heart Will Go On. That's amazing to me. <laughs> I always thought Diane Warren wrote that. Who wrote My Heart Will Go On? Just a couple of dudes. So Just some dudes? Yeah. Well, James Horner and Will Jennings. I don't know who those, I don't know who they are. I feel like I'm really failing my pop music nerd credentials right now <laughs> um this this is for me to pursue off off air anyway good song so add diane warren to our list of add, uh, add, songwriters yeah, D- diane warren and dan wilson yeah uh dw more more on that oh oh <laughs> mm. more on our upcoming mm. diane warren and dan wilson episodes yeah well you know we could get there we could get there um do you have more thoughts about this album i don't i think i'm still you know it's kind of weird because, like, I, I love Paloma Faith and I listened to her first album, like, intensely for a couple years and when I first moved to New York City. <laughs> um, and um, i am like, been getting back into her recently and I was like, you know what, I really like her and I want to make Jason listen to her. But it's also, like, it's still, like, an evolving process for me, too. And I think um, I think I really, really enjoyed the, I guess, kind of the schmaltziness of some of her music. 
um, I don't know if that's like the right word necessarily, but um, I feel like so much uh, songwriters like go out of their way to be subtle or poetic sometimes. And like, I kind of enjoy that a lot of her music is just like, says the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. You know, a good songwriter and a good performer can sell a very direct yeah. lyric in a way that a less talented one writer or performer can't. Yeah. And Paloma Faith has the, obviously she has that great voice, mm-hmm. which also is, you know, is a songwriter in her own right and yeah. sort of is, you know, writes to her own strengths and I think understands what she can sort of get away with in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like Trouble With My Baby is a song I don't love, but, yeah. you know, there's there's dozens of other singers who could have sang that song and just totally just just embarrass themselves yeah. and it's not like it, i i i like it because it is kind of a callback to the first album and i really enjoy the first album um but yeah like there's so many other songwriters or, or performers that it would just sounded it would have sounded dumb yeah and just like it wouldn't have worked at all so moving on moving on to paloma faith's 2017 album 2018 2017? 2017. 2017. Well, I'm reading it on Wikipedia. Yeah. So you know it has to be true. You know. Um, um, that's a joke. Wikipedia has scores and scores of moderators yeah. who patrol it looking for false information constantly. Spotify Wiki- says 2018, but... Well, Spotify. Oh, they're, no, they're talking about the, the edition. The edition that's on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. the... Um, they don't have any other editions on Spotify. <laughs> that, that's so. the um, what, the deluxe edition? Does the, it have a the name? Zeitgeist the Zeitgeist edition, edition. Yes. yeah. A lot of her albums have, like, weird... Weird editions, Double, it's, like, yeah. second releases with the odd names. Yeah. And to be fair, like, two of the songs you picked are from that edition. For, yeah. Exclusively. Exclusively, yeah. Um, which is not... Which is fine. Just yeah. is it bears mentioning. It's, it's the edition that is on Spotify, on Spotify <laughs> which is where I listen to my music. This is not a plug for Spotify. Fair enough. This, I mean, if they, I mean, if it could be. It could be Spotify. If, if they want to pay us. I mean, I don't like what Spotify does to artists and how it sort of cheats them out of the money they deserve. But if they want to pay us, I mean, I'll, I'll show for them. <laughs> Man, I don't care. I'm, I'm not. I'm not above it. It's true. I'm sorry. It's just it's who I am. Anyway. The songs. So, what are the songs? The Kelsey? 2017 album, The Architect. Um, I picked four songs from this because it is the most recent album, and it's been. I'm kind of introducing it to Jason only briefly after I myself had been introduced to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like very much in my uh, thing. I picked um four songs from it: uh, "Loyal," "Your Ex," um, "World War Three," and "The Architect," the title track. Mm-hmm. Um, the titular song. The titular song. Uh, I picked. I put your ex on there because I wanted to put the song that we watched her perform on there. Um, see if you would recognize it, which you didn't. I did not. <laughs> I w- will um, cop to that immediately. I also, I also think it's a good song. Um, <laughs> it's a good song if I can just if I if we can camp out on this song for one second. Yeah. What I want to say is that this song has some I think great demonstrations of how she's grown as a songwriter. Yeah. Because there's a few. The song is about basically she's been with this the narrator has been with this this person for like six years right a while and then somehow is just now looking through their old instagram photos and sees their ex and sort of sees how i guess how hot they are yeah and starts questioning their relationship based on this which is obviously like a relatable thing but not a super 
rational line of thinking yeah and there are like there Which, are things... is it ever when you're like thinking that way no of course yeah. not and she understands that and that's yeah. a, like under that's a good thing to write a song about yeah and there are a little bit of like there are a few it's a good song overall it's a very funny it's very sort of like relatable yeah. and like like cool and like tongue-in-cheek but also like catchy yeah but there are a couple of like little jumps in the lyrics that sort of like remind you and clue you into the fact that this is not a this is not a thing the narrator is controlling it sort of is a a sort of a line of thought that's sort of gotten out of her control <laughs> the ones i'm thinking of are there's a line in the there's both in the chorus sort of in the main chorus and in the post chorus mm. i guess or maybe pre-chorus and chorus whatever you want to call it <laughs> but there's a part in the in the chorus where she says she's talking about the ex and she says yeah. she's kind of cool she's amazing <laughs> with no break in between no like moment of you know discovery or or like growth it, it just jumps from like and this this girl in your photo, she's kind of cool, and like then goes to no, she's amazing. How could you break up with her? And then in the post chorus, there's this cool thing where the background vocals are. They begin with her repeating the last few words of the song of the of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why'd you make her your ex? Your ex. Background vocals, your, your ex. ex, your ex, your ex. And then at the end of that sort of segment of the song, um, I don't remember the exact lyric, but it's something like, "It makes me wonder if I'm next." From the background vocals are I'm next, I'm, I'm next, next yeah. I'm next, which is, I think maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I feel like that's a really fun, fun way of sort of like, sort of like getting you into this headspace of, again, a sort of line of thought that is not reasonable, but is totally, a, a totally understandable thing, mm-hmm. and definitely happens and it sort of is it once it gets in your head, it's impossible to control. Yeah, I feel like the the sort of like uh, pace and and rhythm of the song very much get it into that spiral like that sort of irrational like thought spiral yeah very well <laughs> and there's again there's the sort of it begins with you you know there's very few singers who can sell any sort of line about using instagram yeah and to be able to do that is a skill yeah <laughs> agree it's a skill that few people few people hold i will say of those two people two of them of those many people sorry yeah. of those people there are two of them that i'm gonna name right now paloma faith of paloma faith <laughs> andrew taggart of the Chainsmokers. <laughs> there you go there it is. I'm saying it. That that's the collaboration we they, need. They're maybe not. In the, they're, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say they're maybe not on the same level as vocalists. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. There might be some disparity there in terms of vocal ability. Yeah. I'll just say that. But selling that sort of stuff is hard because it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where we're hearing her sing about like modern day technology mm-hmm. because she has such that such a jazz singer voice. Yeah. Is like when in on the album Battleborn by the Killers, Brendan Flowers, and that al- the whole album sounds like Bob Seger songs from 1970. <laughs> like it sounds like an old old album. But he has a hit. One of the refrains in the album is 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 Don't want your picture on my cell phone. I want you here with me. And hearing Brendan Flowers sing about a cell phone is it's like an out of body experience. Yeah, it feels which is, so weird. Which is what hearing Paloma Faith sing yeah. about Instagram. And, and she pulls off a little bit better than he does. <laughs> and that, that's an album I like, but it's not yeah. as good as this this song is. Um, that's that's my thoughts on your ex good yeah. song it's a good song good song um the other three songs are just basically my favorite songs from the album um and i want to sort of i think uh uh loyal feels much more like a um a sort of pop ballad um that could maybe like would be more of a mainstream chart type type thing i think it's a great song i i really like it i um it's you know it was on repeat 
for a long time mm-hmm. in my head. Um, whereas I think the architect feels very much like a Paloma Faith song. Yes. Um, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, loyal. Well, loyal is 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 does sound like a, a big like charting song. Yeah. But also the lyrics are very specific and kind of unique and have a unique yeah. take on relationships and sort of a unique point of view. Not like totally out of left field but not a sort of standard yeah like form for a song and the architect is just fucking great it's like that's a great song it's a great song that is like peak paloma faith because it has that again that sort of that kind of well it's got a little bit of that that florence style yeah but it's a little bit more theatrical Mm -hmm. even more like maybe more so than most florence and the machine songs yeah it feels like very much like you took the sort of theatrics from like play on from the first album and combined it with like all the songwriting and stuff she built over the three albums that followed that yeah. <laughs> um it feels like and i'm probably just thinking this because i just found out she 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 did a song for the finding neverland concept cover album yeah but it feels like she is it doing, feels like a villain's 11 o'clock yes cover. <laughs> it feels like she's doing a sort of a, a slightly more popified cover of a like broadway villains song yeah. And honestly, if Paloma Faith wants to start a musical, I will be in the front row on the first night. Honestly, Paloma Faith should be in Hadestown. Paloma Faith should be in Hadestown. She should play the um, Persephone role. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. Um, yes, she should. If Hadestown uh, runs as long as it should run, great show. Great show. Not, don't at me. <laughs> don't at Kelsey, either of us. No, I'm talking to you. Don't at me. Don't at I love the show. I have some issues with the casting okay. scenarios. I don't want to get into it right now. And honestly, we're, we're on a good, we're on a good run or roll right honestly, now. Honestly, it's growing on me. It's growing on me. Glad to hear it. But if the <laughs> show runs as long as it should run, which is a, maybe, a long time, maybe we'll get to Pluma Faith being an eighties. Maybe town. we will. Maybe we'll get there. God willing. God willing. Yeah, I would love that. I think she'd be great at that. Yeah. Or at least, can I get like a a weird Finding Neverland? Um, <laughs> You know, See, Hades Town cover album. Here's the thing, because Hades Town began as a concept album, yeah. so to have it go from concept album by an Ace Mitchell, yeah, to Broadway musical, back to album like cover concept f- album, full of covers by pseudo popular singers, singing yeah. uh, uh, stars. Yeah. Uh, that would be quite a journey. But I'm honestly, frankly, I'm for it. frankly, I'm here for it. Yeah. Oh, and I'm just thinking about who else I want to be on that. Well, okay, so this is not the Hades Town podcast, although it could be. But we're here, so let's go. <laughs> Hades Town fan cast. Um, obviously, the only the only cast member who needs to stay in Hades Town is the very tall chorus member. <laughs> I do like him. <laughs> yeah, although I gotta say, I don't think he was that tall. No, I think he's just. They did a thing where purposely all the chorus members were not like vaguely the same height. Yes. <laughs> so it was noticeable. Yes, they all they cast a, a sort of a diverse crowd of, of ensemble members which yeah. i think plays the show's strengths very well yes and indeed. he he is tall for, for a broadway ensemble member yes but he's maybe i mean he's like probably like six five which maybe. is tall yeah. it's not like we should, a, a, absurdly tall though. we should probably go back to talk about Pluma faith <laughs> anyway Pluma faith we're gonna talk about hades town at if, some point if, clearly Pluma faith if you're listening get in hades town get in hades town Pluma. i don't know who's what strings you got to pull to get in there but you'd be great you could rock that whole thing. I'd, 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 I'd buy that. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd buy the tickets for that. Yeah, same. Anyway, uh, did you have anything to say about World War III? Um, I included this because I think it kind of was just a, a departure from the other types of, of songs I put on here. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's a jam. <laughs> um, but it's sort of, I don't want to say like a dancey song, but it's kind of, you know, more. Yeah. Um, it's bouncy bouncy yeah. but not in the same way that like 
not in like a like a swing way right in like a in like a very influenced by like dance music way i think my my favorite thing about that song is the um her sort of the the background vocal she does what she says in world war three yeah it's the way she sings that is very <laughs> i really enjoy that yeah, yeah, that's the one. I really, I quite like that. I, I think that's very fun. Uh, now I'm just thinking about Poem Faith being in Hades Town. I know we can't, we can't keep talking about Hades Town, Kelsey. No, we gotta bring I this. I want to go see it again. <laughs> I guess we can keep talking about Hades Town. <gasps> anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, those are my thoughts, Jason. What did you think? I mean, I think we we sort of know what you think. But well, you you know what I think. I'll, yeah. I, I I will say the the thing the best way to sort of describe my feelings towards this 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 whole experiment adventure is I'm going to download the architect the entire album and listen, listen to that, and I will move on from there. It's a uh, it's I, got interstitials just so you know. I love interstitials. I see <laughs> I see Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, under, by the way, I just want to get this on record. I don't know if we'll ever get to an episode about Samuel L. Jackson. Probably not. Uh, underrated actor. Really? I think, I think so. He's great. He's great. I mean, he's great, but we, we we take him for granted. He's been he's been so present for so long. Now. I kind of want to do this episode just so we can get into this. Especially, media theory. especially. Well, if, if we're going to do an episode about an actor anytime soon, it's going to be about um, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Fair. So I think there's no. I think this is no other. American actor who has sort of been doing such a weird, unique work in, in the sort of public view for so long. Sorry. Second to Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, <laughs> the California Klaus Kinski himself, uh, a fantastic and fascinating actor who does not get the credit he deserves. But, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, he's sort of, because I think largely because of the Avengers movies, he's been yeah. very present in a way that he wasn't for a long time. And we've sort of gotten used to his but level like, of commitment he's lived a crazy life too like he like i feel like he did a bunch of like civil rights stuff in the 60s and like well the, the thing is he didn't really like take off as an actor until he was like 40 yeah so like i think like i feel like his life before he was an actor was actually really interesting too if i am thinking about this correctly i honestly don't know anyway samuel jackson we like him <laughs> samuel jackson he's on the architect album yeah i look forward to hearing his interstitials mm-hmm. love him mm-hmm. uh, if you have not watched um the the james baldwin movie uh go see it Mm -hmm. so yeah i do i do feel like between this and the previous deb's episode from a while ago that you are right that we are building to our eventual saint trinians episode because because paloma faith is in the saint trinians 2007 movie is that correct that is correct so we're getting there. We're getting there because it, it. I love that movie. It's ridiculous. Um, I can't remember who in Debs was involved with Satrinians. I don't think anyone was. I think it was when we we're still doing like recommendations, and I was like, "This movie," and I. This is what I. This is where I went. Right. I mean, someone might have been, but um, there definitely was a heavy connection in that episode. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Um. But we were no. We're getting there, folks. Folks. Yeah, we're, gonna we're gonna do get it because it is one of my favorite movies, even if it's dumb <laughs> well, my, my thing is St. Trinians has such a is such a my understanding of that movie is it is such a sort of a silly like late 2000s movie yeah but there's so much history behind that franchise mm-hmm. that I want to really like from like a really old it's like a it's like 80 years old it's yeah. crazy but I really want to get into that yeah so we'll get there so we'll do that eventually anyway Paloma Faith she was in it she was in it she is an occasional actress she was in. She was in a lot of. She was in another movie I thought was fascinating that I just want to take note of before we wrap this up. Um, 
Oh, she was in The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus hmm. by Terry Gilliam. That's the one where they had, like, four different people play someone who died. That was, like, Heath Ledger's actual, like, last role. Right. Um, <laughs> she's been on The Voice. I guess it's really just St. Trinian's and, and yeah. Dr. Parnassus. And, like, anyway. random guest roles on TV yes. shows. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's why I said occasional actress. Anyway, I, I will say I, it's, it's not sort of the instant... Like, you know, when we did our Dessa episode, yeah. her second album, like, went into my rotation on my iPod. Like, has not left since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great album. Yeah. Uh, th- this I will explore. I want to hear more of the architect. Do you listen to her new album yet? Not yet. You should. I'm a, I'm a bad fan. Yeah. <laughs> but I will explore Paloma Faith's work more. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for bringing her work into my life. Thanks. Thanks, Kelsey. You're welcome. I'm life, glad you liked it. Life ruined. Life ruined. Special thanks to Dania Bowd of the Weeping Willards for use of their song Outside in the Rain from their self-titled album available now on Bandcamp. And special thanks to Carly Sussman who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. Special thanks to you, the listener. The listener. Uh, Listeners like you. Rate, review, you know the deal. Tell a friend. Tell a friend if you want. Tweet about it. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're those places. We're on. We're on those two places, and that's it. But that's, it. that's all you need. Come that's on, really you know, you know, we're not a podcast where we sort of sort of like post things on Instagram. What like, would we put on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, here's the movie we're watching. You don't care. <laughs> you don't, come on, come on. We're recording. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um. Oh, I'm gonna uh, little tease for next episode. Yeah. I I'm going we to plan things now. We we've so got things planned out <laughs> a little bit ahead. I'm not gonna say what next episode's gonna the subject matter is. Okay. But I will say. It features maybe my hottest take I've oh! ever dropped on this podcast. Hot takes with Jason. So if you were interested in hearing that, tune in next time. Two weeks from now. Yeah. Under in my life. But until then, happy, happy holidays. holidays. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, Only I can mention me, only I can mention me, only I can mention me. Because you gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. You gotta have faith. That's why we don't do these anymore, because that was the level I was operating on. We don't have jokes. We We don't got jokes. Just high level criticism here. Imagine Pullman Faith covering our theme song. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be great. That'd sound really good. <laughs>